Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I hope I'm okay. Right. Mm. We thank God so much this afternoon for his loving kindness and uh, the grace that he has given to us just to be together and to share his word. I want us to have a continuation of the discussion we're having on the subject of waiting on God. Those of you who like letters, you can say waiting on God B. Those who like numbers, you can say part two. But it's just the same message. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Father, we thank you as you minister to us. As you build your word in our hearts and establish us on the truth of thy word. This afternoon, Lord, speak to me, speak to each one of us in the manner you have so desired. You understand where each one of us is this hour. You know in what pit they are. And Father, we pray your hand shall be stretched forth to lift us out. Give us peace and joy. Let us celebrate as we come out of our waiting period. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want us to turn to the uh, book of uh, Ecclesiastes 3. Uh, when did you last look at that book? Some of you have forgotten it exists. Eh? Can hear pages flipping through. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's look at uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We'll start from verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Some versions says, say a time to plant and a time to harvest. Number three, a time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. Verse 4, a time to weep and a time to laugh and a time to moan and a time to dance. Praise the Lord. In the book of Daniel, chapter 10. Verse 9, we'll start from 9 to 12. Yet had I the voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in, in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. Verse 10, and behold, an hand touched me, 
which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee I am now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. And then Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in the high places. Praise the Lord. The reason why we have had to reflect over this, starting from the book of Ecclesiastes, the Bible tells us that there is a season for everything. There is a, a season for you to exist now. There is a season in which you are existing now. And there will be a season for you to expire. You know when I use, the Bible used the word as a, a, time, uh, a, a time to be born and a time to die. People don't like the second part. I understand. Life is good. Praise the Lord. Life is good. And we thank God for giving us good life. But the reality is that there is a season for each of these things. And the reason why we are reflecting over the book of Ecclesiastes is that it sets the foundation for us to understand a simple aspect that things come in life and there is a face for them to be there and thereafter, a new face comes in. So we must always be prepared for the coming face. We must always look forward for the change of circumstances. And that dovetails into what we were speaking the other time, that uh, there is a time for us to wait upon God. And sometimes it's never so pleasant for majority of us. Uh, that time is not eternal. It is for a season. And thereafter, there will be another season of refreshing in your life. Only a few of us are going through these difficult times. Praise the Lord. Be encouraged. Whatever you are experiencing, whether it is good life, it is for a season. So be prepared. You are either in the good life or you are in the bad life. And then there's a season you change. So God knows how to balance these things. So each one of us must be prepared for those seasons. But today, we want just to address ourselves to those who are in the difficult moments in their lives. These vary from individual to individual. We are not all facing a common 
thing. But in the manner that we address it, it determines how we usher ourselves into the coming season. And then when we go to the book of Daniel, we see something happening which was very interesting. That this man of God set out to pray. So it was the first day God had already ministered to him. The answers were already given. Everything was already sorted out. In fact, there is a verse in the Bible which says, when you are still thinking, he already knows what you are going to pray. Praise the Lord. So Daniel, in this situation, set out to pray, and God had already addressed the issue. However, the season of waiting came in. First day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, Kenneth has given up. Daniel is still going on. Seventh day, 25% of us have given up. Maybe it is not the will of God. And we like justifying it. I don't think God is in support of this thing. Because you don't want to press on with your prayer. Because you don't want to address that situation in the manner that God has invited you to. It is demanding of you something. And you don't want to pay the cost. You don't want to endure that pain. You don't want to be in that waiting room. It is good to be a boss. Many people who are managers, when they invite you, especially on an official business, in most cases, the secretary ushers you in the waiting room. As I told you last time, in most cases, you find the magazines that are there are very old. But you must learn to acquaint yourself with those magazines and cheer yourself up as you wait. Sometimes I'm very impatient. I go to the secretary, is he really in or he has used the other door? Because some of them tell you to wait and if there's a second door, they have already gone. Then the secretary will come to say, sorry, maybe you'll come next uh, week because today he's busy. But I didn't see him pass here. Waiting is usually taxing on every human being. And especially if you are aiming for something good, it really agonizes you. It really pushes you hard. In the book of First Samuel, sorry, Ephesians, we read about Ephesians before we go to Samuel. In Ephesians, it tells us that for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against the rulers of the dark, darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness. So there are levels here. First, the Bible disqualifies flesh and blood. No human being is involved in this business. Praise the Lord. The struggles you are going through during your waiting moment, no human being is involved. It's not your, your boss. It's not your employer. Don't look at me, but I know it's the one who employed me. No. As a child of God, you are not in that place because of that person. 
God determined before you are born, you will be in that job. Praise the Lord. You will be in that company. You will be playing or holding that position you are holding. This person was used to facilitate you into that place. He was an accessory that God used to invite you into that position. And the devil knows he can't reach you, so the devil addresses the accessory that was used. And he wants to use the same accessory to frustrate you. So that is why the Bible is telling you, my son, my daughter, it is not that flesh and blood in the general manager. It's not the flesh and blood in your uh, line manager. It is something else. It is against principalities in the heavenly places. It is against powers that are beyond that manager. It is beyond that disease that you see. The prescription that you are given is not the problem. There is a power behind it that wants to frustrate you. There are powers in the dark place, in the dark world, invisible world, spiritual places that are against you. The enemy has released them into your life to frustrate you, to fight you, to cause you a lot of panic and a lot of anxiety. But if you knew that, I know who I am, that's what you sang. Praise the Lord. You know who you are. It's good also to know who your enemies are. It's good to understand who your enemy is. And better still, modern war. Now, I'm not, I didn't go to any military academy. But the truth of the matter is, 80% of the war is won by good intelligence. Once you gather, you gather intelligence against your enemy, you know his position, you know his plans, you know his movement, and if you can access his next plan of action, it is, it is easy for you to avoid that situation and frustrate him. That is why modern armies invest so much in eavesdropping and listening devices because they want to know what you are thinking. If they can penetrate into your plans before you execute them, they also plan how to frustrate you. Many Christians sometimes find themselves under the oppression of the devil, but they get themselves confused because they target all their weapons onto the wrong target. And by the time they are exhausted, they only realize that they were fighting the wrong enemy. That is why the Bible is saying, it's not flesh and blood. It's not flesh and... If you can quickly recognize that, when there is an attack in your life, when there is anything that is frustrating you in life, quickly understand this thing, the origin is not here on earth. It is somewhere else. You can begin to address the source and forget about the symptoms. Praise the Lord. And the good news, my brother and sister, 
is that we have been given so much resources by God. And you don't need all of them. You just need the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Once you address that, you cover yourself with that, the defense is already, the defense system is already in place. Praise the Lord. And by the time you go to the sword of the spirit, the enemy is done. Praise the Lord. You understand me? The blood will shield us from all the attacks of the enemy. But the word of God that you know will begin to address the enemy directly. It's an offensive weapon. It begins to attack the enemy. But if you attack and you know your defense is well built, you have no worry. You know the enemy cannot penetrate your defenses. Praise the Lord. So last time we were talking about some characters in the Bible and we looked at their lives which can also open a window into what we are going through. Because the Bible says there is nothing new under the sun. All that you see has been. And it's just a repetition. Praise the Lord. Sometimes if you look at these clips on the videos, videos on the YouTube, you understand that the world is discovering things that were already in existence, and now they're trying to explain them in languages that I don't like. Praise the Lord. But most of these things were, and they're just being repeated again. But we thank God, because the testimony that our brothers that went ahead of us have, those testimonies lay a foundation and a, a blueprint for us to use in our present time. So we were looking at the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel 16, uh, verse 13 and 14. The story you know well, but I'll just read these two verses to give us a background. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Verse 14, Now the Spirit of the Lord had left Saul, and the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. At this time, David is still a young man. But God is already anointing him as the king of Israel. David is the king. Only that he has not taken, assumed the authority. But he's already the king. So the season of anointing has come. He's been anointed the king. Then he is ushered into a season of waiting. That is where most of us find ourselves. We know what God has in store for us. We know what the word of God says concerning our lives. We know what God is planning in our lives. But then, from that moment to the point of realization of God's purpose for our lives, that is where the battle is. That is where the principalities are. That is where the powers in the heavenly places are. That is where the forces of darkness come in. And that is when you need to awaken your spiritual eyes and your spiritual person, ears and everything so that you are alert to engage the enemy 
in that manner that suits best for the situation that is there. From the time David was anointed to the time he was, he was now formally enthroned on the seat, it wasn't easy. All of you who have been in the Friday school or in the Sunday school, whatever, whatever the case may be, you understand that at this point that the Spirit of God was upon David, it happened that the evil spirit in Saul, they were never, they will never always be in, in agreement. So it was a question of chasing for David because he must not realize what God has in store for him. Tell the person sitting to you, I will realize the purpose of God in my life. I'll realize God's purpose for my life. It doesn't matter how long it takes. David comes into the scene now, and whatever he does is being looked at very, 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 very carefully. He goes to join his brothers in the war, and the brothers are not happy that this man is coming around. He's going to spoil our name, our fame in this place. We are known as valiant soldiers. Why is he coming here? Because the spirit in them can sense there is something, an, an anointing upon this person that we cannot just compete. The inner person in them, the spirit operating in them, cannot agree with the spirit in David. So there is a lot of frustration. There is a javelin that is thrown at David, but the Lord preserves him. Praise the Lord. But I want to thank God for one thing in David's life. That he was not so overambitious like some of us are. The moment God tells somebody, I'm calling you to this ministry. Oh, unfortunately, if it is a vision. If God told some of us that I'm going to make you I'm going to make you have a ministry that is powerful. In a week after that, no leader in this church will talk to that person. Do you know God's hand is on my life? They will tell you how God has spoken to them. They will want you to understand that it is them that have received the anointing. Praise the Lord. But that is not the way to go through your waiting moment. Learn something from David. He's humble. He goes about his duties as normal. It doesn't matter what goes on around. The women are singing how he has killed 10,000 and Saul has killed only 1,000. But he's still humble. He goes to play the guitar. Now I know the ancestor of banjo. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I know the ancestors of uh, Brother Tony, David, eh? he was playing those stringed instruments. These are the people who play for us here. He was playing for Saul. And Saul was there, but he was saying, this man is going to take my throne. This man is going to take my kingdom. He was planning on how to finish him. The man didn't know. But God was preserving him because there was a position, there was 
a season for him to be anointed. There was a season for him to go through the waiting period. And there was a season for him to be crowned. Started running. He was in the caves. Do you know David was such a committed person to fearing God that even when he cut the garment of Saul, it troubled his spirit. It was like he has already started look, fighting for that kingdom. He was not at peace. That teaches us something. When God has already said, this is yours, relax. It is done. The 21 days will come and you will realize it. Praise the Lord. The 25 years will pass and you will realize it. Just like your father Abraham waited for 25 and he got the son. Praise the Lord. The 15 or plus years will pass and you will be the prime minister of Egypt like Joseph. Praise the Lord. When Joseph is being thrown in the pit, it's not a comfortable place. He goes to Potiphar's house. It's not a comfortable place. The devil does not give him chance even in that house. This is where mistakes are made. Praise the Lord. When Joseph is in Potiphar's house, he knew he had had a dream he would be a leader. And God had confirmed it a second time. So there was every reason for him to say, Potiphar, soon you will be under me. But he was humble. Praise the Lord. But the enemy, the forces, the principalities that were fighting Joseph, that wanted him to be killed, that wanted him to be eaten by animals, that caused him to be sold, they did know something, that God was using that moment to do something in the life of Joseph. Praise the Lord. When he is in Potiphar's house, this lady allows the devil to use her. Now, this is the mistake some of you Christians will make. Because some people think they are so spiritual that when the devil starts playing around, toying around with some things around their lives, they think they are so spiritual they can just stay around and nothing happens. Sometimes there are things that you have to take off, physically run. Praise the Lord. You know this one, if I don't remove myself from this area, my life is going to be in danger. Why? Because of the greater goal that you are looking for. Be ashamed now, but receive the crown that God has laid in store for you. Praise the Lord. Don't play around. Don't allow the devil to hang around you. You're working in an office. Now, the marketing people are going to look at me very badly now. Because I know business is cutthroat eh? competition. And so, some people work with the two envelopes. One envelope is for tendering. The other envelope is usually hidden. So the tendering documents go and the other envelope passes the other side. And you know you are working in such an environment. So the competition is cutthroat. You know your, your competitors are giving something to that man. 
So this business you are not going to get. In normal circumstances, you are not going to get. Are you also going to say, Lord, just one, one time only and then I'll leave? <laughs> that one time is what the devil wants to knock you out. To disqualify you from your crown. Praise the Lord. Better be like Joseph. Allow yourself to suffer shame. Allow yourself to go in jail. Allow yourself to miss out. But God has a better plan for you. Praise the Lord. Will you be courageous and bold enough to take that step? Don't tell me your answer now. Think about it. Praise the Lord. In these cases, there is perseverance and endurance. You must be ready to persevere and endure during the waiting moment. It's not easy, but that is what you are called to be. Praise the Lord. That is what determines you to be a child of God, distinguishes you from a, any other person and being a child of God. He makes all things beautiful in his time. Remember that. It might look so difficult. It was so difficult for Joseph to go into jail. Stay there. You know what? Let us be real. Let us be real. If you are in jail and there is an opportunity for you to escape, The first day you may resist. The second day you resist. The third day you resist. After one week, you, I, now the thoughts will start developing. If I escape from here, I can go in the desert there and they will never find me. But I will be free. Had Joseph escaped from the prison, he would never have met those people from Pharaoh's. Praise the Lord. Are you getting me? If he had escaped from prison, I doubt he would have risen to that position because he would never have had the opportunity to meet the butler. He would never have made that opportunity to meet that baker. And therefore, nobody would have remembered him. Praise the Lord. It is good to endure the waiting period. Praise the Lord. What is God doing during that time? You are waiting and suffering. I don't know what you are waiting for. I don't know what you are going through. I don't know what you have been trusting God for. That is up to you. But probably you fit in these descriptions that we are talking about. But that time, God is teaching you what suffering is all about. Let me ask you, why is God teaching me suffering? Let's go back to David. You know, if you are a king... You have authority. In those days, if the king said, I want the head of Kenneth. Hey, poor Kenneth. <laughs> the soldiers will just take the sword and cut. They don't ask why. Why do you want his head? Why can't we give you only the finger? Because if they, if they cut my finger and take to him, their head will also go. So it is either Kenneth's head or their head. So they will come with the with, their, with my head on the platter. <laughs> Sir, here you are. <laughs> but Kenneth is already gone. 
such are the powers that a king has. This David, let me take you through the life of David so that you know why God was making him to suffer. Praise the Lord. We are moved from Joseph. <laughs> One time, David with this band of thugs. <laughs> Do you know them? Those thugs. They had gone to war. They left their wives and their children. And then another group came and took over the women and the children and took away. You remember that story? And then David came. And then they found it. What, what happened? What happened? Do you remember? The anger in David's heart, he started crying with all the men. They started crying. Then it was so, they, if they had got those people on the spot, death. So God knew this man, this thing must be crucified in his life. Because when he becomes the king, he will kill everybody. So he had to take him through those suffering experience the pain of being powerless so that he may have mercy over the people who are powerless under him. Sometimes you have got to go through that pain to understand the other people who will come to you with a similar pain. It's a learning period for you. Don't just complain. Why me? Why me? When God are you going to do this? No. What am I to learn in this God? It's not easy, but it's good for you also to ask such questions. He was taught to endure. He was taught wisdom. He was taught forgiving, to be a forgiving person, to be a loving person. And those are the things that we must learn through our testing period, waiting moment, that God wants to do something in our life that will transform our character. God is not going to entrust you with something before your character is changed. Praise the Lord. I always share with this testimony with the people in the disciple training. Today I'll put it plain to everybody. But don't, if I hear it from BBC, there's trouble. <laughs> in 2007, in 2007, I got an appointment, uh, an offer from UAE. Oh, 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 it was wonderful. <laughs> it, it was like three times what I was earning at that time. <laughs> Children in the school, a car fueled by the company. <laughs> Can you see how wonderful it was? So I just drive. When the fuel is over, I put, they put fuel and then I take the receipts to the company. So I sat down in my house. I'm telling you because you must learn from this pain. <laughs> you must learn from this pain. Don't just leave this house and say, oh, Kenneth told us a very good story. No, it is a lesson for you also. I sat down, I would look at myself two years from now. <laughs> I'm going to buy this house, buy this one. I'll build this. And <laughs> I had a whole city in my mind. <laughs> I 
Every night I would come from my place of work and I would take hours just looking and meditating and seeing how blessed I am. How wonderful the time is going to be. Those people even sent a vehicle. They said, if you have anything to transport, transport. So the house was already there. My things were, by the time I was going for my summer holiday, my things were in UAE, Alain. So I went home, I told my wife, prepare, we are leaving. <laughs> then July reached and, hello, I have not heard from you. <laughs> Unfortunately, or fortunately for me now, there was a problem between the royalties of UAE and our beloved country of Kenya. They mistreated a royal. <laughs> the anger of the royals was spread over all Kenyans. <laughs> so no visa was being issued to a Kenyan because they had mis all Kenyans had mistreated their royal. So unfortunately, I fell into that. So I have resigned my job in, in, in Oman. I am not getting my job in UAE. <laughs> my city is collapsing. <laughs> then those people called me in early August. Kenneth, we have tried all we can. We have tried in Dubai. We have tried Fujaira, we have tried in Sharjah, we have tried in Abu Dhabi to process your documents. We are not being told why, it is just, it's not going through. So we are very sorry. <laughs> because we want somebody to start a job in August and you are not there. <laughs> we are very sorry. Then I started reflecting over my life. From the time I got the offer, to the time of disappointment. How much time did I devote to thinking of how the kingdom things would work? How was this job fitting in the kingdom business? Zero. Zero. I was seeing how Kenneth is going to build himself up. So God could not entrust me with such funds. Please don't make that mistake. Praise the Lord. Today I would be an international businessman. <laughs> don't make that mistake. I'm laughing, but it's, it's painful. But I want you to learn from it. Praise the Lord. A time of waiting is a time of humility and reflecting over the purposes of God for your life. It's not a time to focus on your own personal interests. It's not a time to complain about yourself. It's a time to ask God, what is your purpose in all this business? Praise the Lord. And God will bless you so much. We'll quickly go through some things. What it takes to wait. What it takes to wait upon God. requires a still spirit in you. A spirit that will wait upon God and humble itself and surrender to God. 
Last time I said, you must be actively still. Or the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Praise the Lord. Be still and know that I am. Which means, be still and know that I'm in charge of everything. But some Christians say, God said, be still. So they're actually still. Even wind can't move them. They're still. Their prayer is still. Their service to God is still. Nothing moves them into service of God. Nothing moves them into their prayer life. Nothing moves them into exercising their faith. Because God has said, be still. That's the wrong still. Praise the Lord. I'm saying you need to be actively still in the presence of God. That means there are some things that you'll be doing in, your spirit, in the spiritual life that make you peaceful before God as you wait for the season to pass by. Praise the Lord. You need to be prayerful and meditate over the word of God. Be prayerful and meditate over the word of God. Do not have a rebellious attitude. Sometimes out of frustration, we have waited for a long time. And it usually happens. I set off to pray over something, and I know we are praying. Maybe I've shared with Pastor Francis or Pastor Abraham. And we are praying over it. And maybe because we are prayer partners, they also tell me, Brother, I also want you to stand with me in this. So as we pray, I see... The answers to Brother uh, Pastor Francis being given, Pastor Abraham receiving his answers, another one joins in the prayer group, he receives, and me, I'm still <laughs> where I was. Sometimes you start feeling bitter. What is wrong with me? Why is God not also addressing my situation? That is the wrong attitude to have. Celebrate with those ones who are, win who are receiving the answers. Praise the Lord. And you will see your doors being open. And God will set you on a higher ground than you were before. Be patient. Be patient. Be patient. Be patient before God. When people are sick, they go to the hospital and they are called patients. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The good thing with those ones, they, don't, they, they cannot fight easily because they are weak. <laughs> and that's why they qualify to be patient. So sometimes when you are asked to be patient and you are normal, you feel this is an insult. You want to show that you are still. So even in the spiritual realm, some people don't want to be patient. They just want to be normal. And so they are not patient in the presence of God. Instead, they are struggling on their own to see that things are done. Bad patients in the hospital always complain how doctors are delaying. They think they are the only ones who are sick. You go to hospital and they tell you sit there and wait. Maybe the doctor has got five patients and each patient is taking just only 20 minutes. So you must wait for one and a half, one and a half hours for you to be attended. Then you start complaining, these doctors, they don't, they don't know that we are sick in this place. They know you are sick. Sometimes you need to be in an emergency situation to see how they sort you out. Probably you are feeling a lot of pain. And another person is there 
who is in a critical situation, they say, ah, this one can survive for five hours. They tell you, wait. They attend to the other one. So you are complaining because it is you who is feeling pain. But according to their knowledge, they know we need to save this one. This one can wait. That kind of thing. God knows how to sort us out. He knows who is on the verge of collapsing and answers them to bring them, revive them. And for you, because you are as stubborn as Mr. Kenneth, <laughs> you must go and endure this pain for a longer time to learn how to be patient in the presence of God so that you are humbled. By the time you receive your gift, you know that indeed it is God that has done it. It's not my own work. Avoid pride, spiritual pride. Now some of us, they will tell you how they fasted 40 days until God did. <laughs> Sometimes he's just having mercy on us. God is having mercy on you and me. Praise the Lord. It's good to fast, but fast should just align us with the purpose of God. It's not compelling God to do anything in our lives. It's bringing us in the same frequency with God so that he can minister to us in a timely way. So it's not as a situation, you have not fasted, that's why you are not getting this. You discourage people for no reason. There are some people who are ministered to without fasting. They receive their blessings even without, without anything. So what, what will they tell you? God knows how to sort us out. Be, be humble before him. Praise the Lord. Be courageous. When Joshua was taking over from Moses, God told him, be strong and courageous. Praise the Lord. There are some things during the waiting period, as I said, some of us give up so early because we feel like maybe it is not. It only requires courage to pursue it courageously. Praise the Lord. And I've told you, Joseph saw the dreams when he was about 12 years. But it took him until he was the age of around 30 or so to become the prime minister. Praise the Lord. It was about, let's give it an estimate of 18 or 20 years of waiting. Abraham was told of the son at the age of 75. He had to wait for about 25 years for it to come to pass. Praise the Lord. And uh, our brother Noah was told to build the ark. <laughs> I've never seen such a, a bold and courageous, determined Christian. I don't know what adjective to use. In this Middle East, you go in a plane and start putting up an ark. When people ask you, what are you doing? I'm building an ark because there's going to be a flood. And ask, what is a flood? They have never seen rain before <laughs> for a long period. And you are telling them, this, it's going to be raining and there's going to be a flood. The first year, they will say, oh, okay. Second year, third year, ten years, even the children say, the old man who is building an ark. <laughs> now you become a point of reference. But this man of God 
had faith. Every morning he would cheer up and say, Father in heaven, I thank you for your promises are true and amen. This timber is going to be part of the ark. And when your flood comes, oh Lord, have mercy on me. Let me be saved. I and my family. Praise the Lord. And he would go on, he would go on, he would go on. Ninety years. Some people have married, they have had children. When the children ask them, what is that man doing? He told us when we were still young that he was building an ark for a flood which is coming. All these years it has never been. But after 120 years, how many are you ready? (laughs) If God will have the grace to keep you until uh, 120 years... (laughs) Some of us will have said, ah, these things we were told when we were young, we have never seen, they're not there. We, they will go on their own journey. But the man of God waited and said, no. He who said is faithful, it will come to pass. Praise the Lord. And that's why Hebrews accredited faith to some people because it says, these men spoke of these things, though they did not see them, but they died confessing them. Praise the Lord. Maybe what you are praying for is not meant for you. It's meant for your grandchildren. You must convince yourself, if God has said it, even if it doesn't happen in my time, it shall come to pass. Praise the Lord. It shall come to pass. The three Hebrew boys said, even if our God does not save us, we are ready to. Because they believed in him. That is the attitude you must have in your waiting period. Praise the Lord. People may come and laugh at you and say, oh, this man is confused. Don't worry. Psalms 25. Quickly, it says, no one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced. But disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. Do not, do not trust in your own effort. Just trust in him. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. In time of waiting, you are asking God to show you the path to follow. There may be confusion in that, in that arena, but you need to call upon God to show you the path out of it. Lead me by your truth and teach me. There are lessons for us to learn. Try to cleave on those lessons. Praise the Lord. Hold on to those lessons during that time. Psalms 37. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Many may prosper around you, but their prosperity may be on the wrong foundation. Praise the Lord. Hold fast on to the faith you have. Stop being angry. We've said that. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. That's 37, 8. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Verse 24 of 37, Psalms 37. Though they stumble, they will never fall. The Lord holds them by the hand. In the time of waiting, the devil may push you up and down 
wanting you to fall down. But if you do fall, remember, our God is a God of a second chance. Praise the Lord. Come to him with a broken spirit, a contrite spirit, and the Lord will lift you out of that mire. Psalms 40. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned me and heard my cry. Patience. And speak out to God. Lord will see you through. He lifted me out of the pit of despair. Out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground. And steadied me as I walked along. Verse 3. He has given me a new song to sing. A hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. You want a new song from God? Somebody is looking at me and saying, how can I sing the Lord's song? <laughs> Praise the Lord. By the rivers of Babylon, I cannot sing it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But the psalmist is saying, give me a new song. Learn to cheer your soul in time of trouble. Learn to speak to your soul in time of testing. Learn to tell yourself in your bathroom, in your bedroom, Oh, my soul, rise up and praise the Lord. In the time of discouragement, sometimes it's good to hide from even your wife. I know my wife is here, so she's wondering. <laughs> I told some brethren sometime, during the disciple training, and maybe she's hearing this for the first time. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm back at home alone in the night, and I feel there is something that is pressing me or the family, <laughs> I'm normal, brethren. <laughs> I don't want you to run away from me after I've said this. <laughs> Sometimes I take a knife and I imagine I'm battling the devil. Satan, I destroy you now. Sometimes I, I wake up in the, in the morning and I say, if somebody peeped in my window, <laughs> he will call Muscat and say, Caro, things are bad here, just come. If she asks, what is wrong? No, you come, you come. You will see for yourself. <laughs> but I never do it when I'm with the family. <laughs> because a, a child can be waking up in the, wake up in the night and, hey, is this daddy or somebody else in the sitting room? So sometimes it's a time that you become serious that you want to battle with the devil and show him that it, despite what he's doing to you, the Lord is still your strength. He's still in charge of the situation. You're not going to give up because he's discouraging you. No, it will not happen. Praise the Lord. My friends. <laughs> we will finish on time, don't worry. 
I'll read these things. You can refer to them later. Psalms 27, have an expectant heart. Psalms 27, have an expectant heart. The same Psalms 27, be steadfast. Be steadfast in your pursuit for what God has promised you. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ was going to Jerusalem. He knew he was going to be crucified. Despite the discouragement, he remained steadfast because of the greater glory that was going to come after. Praise the Lord. Be trusting in the Lord. Psalms 37. Be patient in the Lord. Psalm 62. Have a quiet spirit as you wait upon God. Isaiah 64. Isaiah 64. So why does God keep us waiting? Waiting on God allows us to, see, to receive the best from his throne. Isaiah 64 says, For since the world began, no ear has heard, no eye has seen a God like you, who works for those who wait for him. Since the world began. Since the world began, no ear has heard, no eye has seen a God like our God. Ah, <laughs> these people. You are not excited about that? No ear, no eye has seen. So that means what you have seen is just a dot of what God is able to do in your life. Praise the Lord. Of what God is able to do in your life. He is, during that time, he is protecting, is protecting us from mistakes. Number three, God wants to purify us during that time. Number four, God wants to make the greatest impact through our lives. Paul, he had a, a very rough patch in life. That season was to prepare him. He left a major impact in the Christian dome. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I'll finish with Isaiah 43. God willing, we'll have time to share something later on that. Isaiah 43 I want you to listen to this very carefully. I know you've read it before, but this is what God is saying to all of us who are in the waiting season. This is what God is saying to all of us who are in the waiting season. But now thus says the Lord that created thee, Kenneth, and he that formed thee, O Kenneth. Put your name there. Kenneth is not in your Bible. But I'm putting my name, this is my, I'm claiming this. Praise the Lord. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for the ransom, thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Verse 4. And listen to this carefully if you have been sleeping. 
This is your takeaway. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Praise the Lord. Every watchman looks forward to the breaking of the sun. There is a night and the sun will come. Praise the Lord. May God bless you so much. Let's put our hand together to The Bible says in book of Isaiah 40, verse 31, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait patiently for God. Hallelujah. But how long can you wait? That is the question you have to ask yourself. I want us to be on our feet. Please stand up. Let's quickly pray this prayer. In my season of waiting, help me to wait for your promise to be fulfilled. Begin to speak to God. Help me to wait. In my season of waiting, help me to wait for your promise in my life to be fulfilled. Let's begin to talk to God because at the time you are praying, when God wants to answer you so that you, your attention will not be diverted, help me to realize the purpose you want me to wait. Lord, open your mouth and pray. And while you are waiting, Pray that God will not allow anything to divert your attention. That is, devil will not have any chance to divert your attention in the mighty name of Jesus. You need persistence. You need persistence while you are waiting. You need endurance. Father, give me the spirit that will allow me to persist, to wait for you patiently, to endure the trials in the mighty name of Jesus. Help me to be courageous. You need courage when you are waiting. That God Almighty will fulfill his promise. Father, help me, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. Lord, we have heard from you today. We pray, Almighty God, at the time of waiting, Lord, your spirit shall not depart from us in the mighty name of Jesus. So that we continue to realize the purpose of waiting for you in the mighty name of Jesus. At the time of our waiting, Father, we pray that devil will never be allowed to take charge of our life in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray that the persistence, the courage for us to wait, to wait for our own time, Lord, you will grant us in the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. We pray for your servant that you have used for us today more anointing in the mighty name of Jesus. You fill him with your word in the mighty name of Jesus. The source of the wisdom, the source of this message we have heard from him shall never dry up in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless him, bless his family, bless the work of his hand in the mighty name of Jesus. For me and you that are under the, his voice this afternoon, let God bless us as well in the mighty name of Jesus. And for the rest of the year, God will give you the spirit of waiting. They will be able to wait patiently for your own season in the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. We pray for the rest of our program for this week. Father, 
we pray that you will take charge and take control in the mighty name of Jesus. All our program for the year, Lord, they are in your hand. Give us the sweet of waiting to wait patiently for those programs in the mighty name of Jesus. As many that will be traveling, the spirit of patience, God will grant you in Jesus' name. You shall travel safely and you return with testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. And for those that have traveled, they shall come back here and testify to the glory of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Uh, before we share the grace together, uh, Brother Futado, if you don't know him, yeah, he's holding the, he's just come to the front now. You want to take the baptism form. You feel it before you leave. He will give it to you. Once you feel it, hand it over to me. God bless you. Let's joyfully share the grace together in fellowship. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Uh, please let us exit through my left side. Only those with baby and prime should go through this side. God bless you. <laughs>